0: We want everyone across Canada to know that we're the same as you, we're we're, and that this is nonpartisan. We need solutions. We need to put people to work. That is the face of the oil crisis in Alberta. A fellow by the name of Tim Cameron, and uh, while we hear a lot about Alberta oil, we hear about the pipelines, we hear all the politics. What we don't hear a lot about are the people behind those headlines. People like Terry. And over 100,000 Albertans have now lost their job. They're not just worried. They're not just worried about what's going to go under the tree at Christmas, like what's 2019 going to mean for their family. They're not just worried about that. They're getting mad. And it's rare. I mean, I lived in Alberta. I love, that's why I love Alberta. I have an understanding of Alberta because I spent time there. And if you haven't spent time there, I know it's an easy province to kick around but you go there and you start to appreciate the life there great people the most warm and hospitable people you will meet and they don't they don't take too much seriously so when you see them starting to protest like we have in the last couple of months it's unusual and we've seen a number of those each of these protests each of these rallies are getting bigger and louder they want trudeau to act they don't want a bailout They don't want EI. They don't want words. They want action. Because their very survival relies on it. And this isn't the first time, you know, Alberta's feeling isolated. I mean, they know the isolation from the 80s when Daddy Trudeau almost destroyed them. But this time it's different. And Brad Wall today was saying he's never seen Western alienation like we are seeing in this country right now I'm sorry my Canada includes Alberta and I'm not one of these Ontarians who wants to kick them I I'm very grateful for the amount of money they have shoveled out to every province they have 200 billion dollars in transfer payments and I think I'm skimping there to pay for everyone else and yet time and time again they get kicked around all the time and so I think we ignore Alberta's anger this time at our very own peril. Let's bring in Elise Mills to this conversation. She lives out west. She's strategic communications and, of course, a regular on this show. She joins us now. Elise, um, you know, we've started to see a lot of protests popping up in Alberta. And the Alberta I know when I live there, I mean, they're pretty laid back. I think this anger, I think a lot of people are noting that this is a much different kind of anger. What are you seeing?
1: Well, um, I will say I flew back to Calgary last week for the first time since the oil crisis began. Mm. Uh, I used to be a frequent flyer um, and would spend days of my weeks there. um, And my behavior has changed since then. But getting back there, it took me only three or four minutes. I stepped into the cab and my driver who had emigrated from India five, six years ago, uh, he was on a rampage about how sad he was to see how Calgary had slowly deflated, how there it had become a very quiet city and which doesn't connect with me of the city that I know. Um, I think a stampede and I think of the community spirit. But I will say, as my time went on there, um, and I was there for oil specific issues, uh, not very happy ones, I'll add. Um, there was a lot of fight, a lot of true grit. But I also have to add that in Saskatchewan and British Columbia, there has been. Uh, a lot of campaigning and people walking out and protesting what's happening. I think people need to ignore the corners of Georgia and Robson Street in Vancouver. That is not <clears throat> that is not representative or reflective of how British Columbia feels about this. Our money in British Columbia, uh, like Alberta, uh, flows from north to south. So the Vancouver and Calgary are the recipients of what happens in our northeastern or northwestern regions, which is where mining, oil and gas, Uh, natural gas, and forestry all float our boats. We are a natural resources uh, region, and I think we're also a natural resources country, if you listen to what the Atlantic premiers are now saying as well.
0: Have you ever seen, I mean, we've seen the alienation of the West before. I mean, we we know what happened in the 80s under uh, Trudeau uh, Sr., but, you know, I think think this is different. Um, A lot of people are saying, you know, if we ignore it this time, there's going to be a greater cost.
1: Well, because the global economy has changed. I mean, we're now living in a global world. Everything has shrunk down. So one, of, one situation creates this ripple or knock-on effect. I'm um, I, I a born and raised as you know. Um, and my father, out here, the culture is not really lined up on partisanship. I mean, you don't see a lot of people joining political parties out here. What they do is they're joining movements. A lot of our families, our fathers, are connected to the social credit movement, which is what you're talking about, which is, yes, a... Fiscal responsible point of view, economically sound. But there's the, I would say this is where white collar and blue collar merge. Uh, This used to be where the union guys uh, would meet as well under the SoCred banner. And I see that coming back. I was saying to a, a former politician, a really well known one, the other day that this brings back memories of dinner table conversations I have not had in 20 years. There is a real anger and my political friends elected or formerly elected have told me that they no longer feel connected to this country. And they said, Shh, don't tell anyone I said that. And I said, okay, because I don't feel that way anymore. I feel this country is no longer respectful. Or uh, responsible to uh, to not only Western Canada, but understanding the important role that we play. We kept Ontario mm-hmm. afloat for almost a decade.
0: We allowed you paid off. I mean, Quebec's bills have been paid for for decades. Thanks yes. to Alberta.
1: And I would say, I think for the first time ever that I can remember, the new premier of Quebec, uh, Premier Legault, has recognized. The imbalance. And it's ironic to me to hear a Quebec premier step in on a situation like forestry, for example, where a BC premier will not and support forestry workers and oil and gas workers in this country and also tell Canadians that he's taking Quebec off the dole, that it will take 15 years, but he's going to make sure that it gets there because there's no more excuses. And if the West falls in as it's going to, and Alex, for the first time ever in Vancouver's market, I'm driving down the street today. I saw two houses up for auction. And I'll tell you, the real estate market in Vancouver has also floated the boat across the country and is based on a three-legged stool. It's foreign money, it's illegal money, it's drug money. And we are going to feel those effects when softwood lumber... And the inability to move our commodities and to move our product meets the real estate crash that's going to happen in british columbia we are going to be in for a whole world of trouble and hurt and ontario is no longer going to be able to shield itself from the last decade of what i call defeat there has been a a conspiracy people have people that we have elected have conspired against the natural resources industry and it began 25 years ago with the war in the woods and it's now moved on to oil and gas over the last decade. And now it's moving into agriculture. And it is absolutely disgusting to see.
0: Well, it is. And, and you know, he's got this first premier's meeting tomorrow. And he's already said, you know... Yeah, he's basically shrugging his shoulder to Premier Ford's uh, threat to walk out of the meeting. But it's not just Doug Ford who's threatening this. There are a number of premiers who are very, very angry that the issue of the economy and specifically the crisis in Alberta is not on the agenda. and It's only been put on the agenda begrudgingly. And so, you know, this kind of shrug of the shoulders, well, if they want to walk out, that's their problem. Uh, To me, it's either they are completely tone deaf Or they don't actually get it or they don't care i'm not sure what the strategy here is with the trudeau government right now
1: well i'll tell you so what we have uh, underneath all of the publicity and what the media is covering i can give you a real-time uh example of what's happened in the natural resources industry and i want to include forestry here you've got catherine mckenna at the forestry uh companies in quebec and british columbia at the same time, you have um, three premiers, or sorry, four premiers now, uh, including the new premier Higgs in New Brunswick, uh, going forward on court challenges on uh, the carbon tax, and which is what Mr. Ford wanted to bring up at the premier's meeting. Then, then the other premiers had jumped on and said, we need to have a conversation also about oil and gas. Then there were other premiers that suggested agriculture needed to be there as it related back to the carbon tax and how it was and how farmers can't offset those costs. So here we are living in a world where you know we're offended by a Christmas a Christmas song, uh, PETA's telling us how to talk, but we're not getting and we all want to go farm to table. The reality is you can't do all of those social media moments you know, trendy things that we're all so fixated on without natural gas, oil, um, farmers being supported, uh, the movement of lumber in this country, and the movement of skilled labor. And I think um, where Mr. Trudeau also turned a blind eye is many of these premiers um, are pointing out that 40% of our workforce of males 18 to 35 will be consistently underemployed or consistently unemployed for their lifetime because of where their skill set is, and there is no economy for that if this continues. So this all came to the table, and I've spoken to my colleagues across the country. What Mr. Trudeau basically said was, I don't care what you think. If you can walk out however you want, it doesn't bother me. But we're not going to get into these long-winded conversations. And I think what the premiers are doing for the very first time is bringing to the table fundamental issues that make this country hum, that make this country work. And, you know, I've got on the premiers. I hope they walk out tomorrow. I hope Mr. Trudeau is standing in an empty room because he's been talking to himself for the last three and a half years anyway, Alex. So why would it matter?
0: Well, I think uh, you know, it seems we're going to possibly see one of the more interesting first minister's meetings. But the bottom line is, you know, now all of a sudden he's uh, telling I think he told the CBC, well, we can talk about rail cars for Alberta and we can talk about EI uh, to help the workers. He was there last week. And he said nothing. Oh. Well, and here's the thing. Um,
1: so, tw- you no, know what? I don't want people in Toronto or Ontario to think I'm being insensitive. But imagine your community, your industry is losing 138,000 workers in less than a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how would you feel about it? You guys lost 2,900 at a plant, yep. which had been targeted by Trudeau on the oil and gas emissions. He wanted to phase out. the the combustible engine. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet he continued to hand over subsidies. There's been EI programs. There's been transitional work programs in Ontario. Our people out here, forestry workers and oil and gas workers, which we have tried to do, uh, made in the West solutions for them. I was talking to Brad Wall today. We talked about all the different programs that we've tried to work through um, what is now a defunct agreement, but it was called the Western Partnerships Agreement. And we have tried desperately to fix the problem here. Not once has the federal government said to us, any of our leaderships over the last few years, how can we help you out even more? I mean, that little tax break announcement that Trudeau gave when this first reared its ugly head was a drop in the bucket. This is now what I'm seeing in the oil and gas community. So it's not just an economic issue. It's not just a Canadian national um economic crisis, it's also a community and family crisis. Yeah. And for Trudeau not to put this on the agenda is absolute treason. Yeah. I, I, he, he is. His agenda is to make sure that our culture, our way of life in Western Canada is null and void. He has been conspiring since day one to make sure that Western Canada gets on its knees. And I'll tell you right now, Alex, We are talking today, a lot of us grouping together, we are going to march those streets. We are not going to lay down. And I'm not coming back to Toronto, and I think maybe your listeners know I float back and forth. I'm not coming back to Toronto until we solve some of this.
0: Stay tuned. We will uh, watch what happens at this minister's meeting. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Elise. Thank you, Alex. That is Elise Mills joining us, so we'll keep watching that. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.